Hello, everyone. This is Vern Davis, and I am the host of Plant Profits. I'm your host for the show. Plant Profits is proudly brought to you by Protus Global. My guest today, Evan Edelman. Evan's got an amazing background, and he's passionate about something that we have in common, and that's brand building. He is an L.A.-based entrepreneur, investor, and advisor, specializing in the cannabis and hip industries. is a founder of Sands Lane Holdings, which includes an ecosystem of companies focused on the cannabis and hemp industries, including Sands Lane's Ventures, which is a brand incubator, Fiorello Agency, brand strategy and creative agencies, and Sands Lane's Capital, purpose-driven venture investment platform. Also, I will tell you that Evan is one of the founding members of Castle Verde Capital, first institution, institutional cannabis investment fund. So I want you all to welcome Evan Enneman of Sands Lanes Holdings with us today. Welcome, Evan, here today. How are you, Evan? Thank you very much. Doing very well. Doing very That's well. great, man. I, I, I love what you're trying to get accomplished, and I appreciate how hard it is. Yeah, it's a big effort, but uh, that's what passion's for. That is, man. That is what passion is for. And I, I, I'm so, and we're all so, uh, so fortunate that you chose to go down this this path. And I, I really, we're going to get a chance today to talk about your the the companies you created and and Sands Lane specifically. I want to dive into that and, and um, let let's let's talk about Sands Lane, okay? And what drove you to create this three-pronged monster of a business that you've created? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and I'll clarify, I'm, I'm no longer part of one of the organizations that you mentioned before, Cost Ready Capital. I was the founding partner for no, the totally on the style. So that's part of the impetus to what Sands Lane is when I created it. And, and you know, really and truly, it comes down to when I moved from New York to LA, I always wanted to be rooted in something to me that that meant everything to me, which is this family and home and community. And so Sands Lane happens to be the, the cross street of where I grew up. And it's a place that I grew up learning how to ride a bike and everything about my childhood. And that's really where I got the understanding of what hospitality is uh, and right. how to care for others, how to treat others. Both my parents were caregivers in different ways. And so Sands Lane came about from all these different experiences in my life in supporting early stage brands, entrepreneurs, and developing new ideas and concepts and bringing them to market. So it came out of necessity. You know, when I got into the cannabis space early on, I had spent a lot of time in music and entertainment and marketing and brand and hospitality and all these different places. And it occurred to me very quickly that everything happening in cannabis at the time, this is 2013, 14, 15 was exactly the same of all the things that I was doing in the past. And it was just related to a different ingredient related to the product side, but also a culture that I had been around and close to and participating in for about 20 years of my life at that point. But it was still new to me, you know, it's still new to me in California. What it meant to be understanding of plant medicine was new to me. So in understanding the need that I had in helping my clients or in helping the brands who were incubating, those three areas of both incubating a brand with a venture studio and helping to accelerate that brand 
advising those brands through strategy or marketing or PR, all the growth needs that they have being the agency services, and then also some capital. And there are significant capital constraints. And I, I wouldn't say we're a true investor because we invest in those businesses that we help incubate and accelerate um, with the intent of at some point, you know, having a sec- separate dedicated fund and, and putting money to work outside of our portfolio. Um, but it really came together out of need. And uh-huh. when, you know, you look at the industry, specifically in cannabis, it's a very uh-huh. difficult, heavily regulated industry, not just like others that I've worked in in the past. Yeah. And it just takes a lot of energy and guidance and oversight to support someone. And so the way that I always think about it is 360. If I'm going to ever help advise anyone or give anyone guidance, I need to have lived that. So those three things we're looking at is what all brands need. It's what we need. So yeah. it's a reflection of the work we're doing and to try and help others, we have these three categories to support them. And the last one that you know we've not really talked about a lot but when we talk about Sands Lane being a purpose-driven uh, organization and an ecosystem of companies, it, it is that reason alone. And we have a foundation that we had gotten started a couple of years ago and have started to put it in place in earnest. And it's tied to the businesses that we are creating. Mm-hmm. And businesses have an input to the foundation. The foundation is set up to create a broader impact around mental health and general well-being. Um, you know, that that's... That's the impetus of Sands Lane. It, it roots me to my my home, my upbringing, my family, and then it really just combines all the experiences I had, both professionally and personally, through the lens of hospitality, through the lens of care, through the lens of business, and how to create this synergy between culture and content, and then ultimately commerce in order to you know live our lives. So that's right. the impetus of it. Well, you're thank you for that, and I appreciate that. For early days. Uh, working with uh, music artists, right? And that that's brand building, right? You're creating content. You're 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 creating an image in my mind about the artist, and the music is part of that communication. What I see is part of that communication from the artist that becomes the brand. So when look, I came from consumer products and and we spent every day building brands and defining what's the identity of that brand and what is the communication to the consumer and what are the principles of of a brand and what are the consumer expectations of those consistencies that need to be in place, right? So I see cannabis as this huge opportunity, but this total mess, <laughs> okay? But it's but I understand your existence, right? I understand why, because it's it's much needed. So tell me how how do you approach it? You know I mean, I, I I have my own theories why you want to work with early stage because you can actually teach them something early on, right? And you you they can follow. But go ahead and and talk about what you're actually doing and what you see out there, and 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 why is it so difficult? For us to create brands, according to my definition, yeah, you're spot on, and it, it is a very difficult thing. And, and a lot of times, when we think about CPG and the classic yeah. traditional brands, a lot of people get a little bit misled by how fast a brand is developed. So there is, you know, various stages, but 
brands take a significant amount of time to develop and mature. They don't just happen. It's not, I'm going to put a logo on paper and I'm going to raise a bunch of venture capital and all of a sudden I have a brand. That is not, that could be a products company and you can sell a lot of those products and do very well. And that was cannabis industry for a very long time. We have this plant that everyone should consume in some form, but many people already do. They have access to it and creating this sort of industry around it, you know, CPG based industry using this as an ingredient is one that uses people because brand takes time. It's ephemeral. It touches all these different categories of, again, culture. Where is this coming from? What is it rooted in? Uh, what is the brand? Is it defined? Is it differentiated? Is there something unique about it in any way? What are the categories you're trying to address? Are you a lifestyle apparel company? Are you a CPG products company? You're an ancillary smokable device company. Where are you trying to fit with the category? And then ultimately, and most importantly, where's your audience? Who's your consumer? And you know, for us, when we're thinking about brand, it's always in the interest of a consumer. So even when I think about business, all the decisions are what's in the best interest of a consumer. And really what that is, is safe access mm -hmm. products. Mm -hmm. And once we can get those two things figured out, we won't really have many issues. In between those things are regulation and policymakers and anti-drug advocates, although they advocate for a lot of other things that harm people far more. But these are all the things that we have to contend with. So part of building brands starting early is you can actually get your DNA into that brand in a way that could be meaningful. Not necessarily. I certainly know that I do not know everything. I do not have all the answers. In fact, I start by saying I have none because my process is to enter into a conversation having no answers whatsoever, but a process to think through information that I'm gathering and make those decisions. The brand is no different. Get out all this information of what we're trying to do and who we're trying to reach. And then put it down on paper and build an architecture and a blueprint for what that brand could be, knowing that it's going to take time and it's going to be changed based on the interaction with our consumers, really who defines what the brand is in many ways. So yeah, it does. It makes sense. No, and, and, and we need it to be done. And that, that's, that, that's an awesome uh, statement. We're going to take a quick break. I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. And my guest today is Evan Inman. He's founder and CEO of Sands Lane Holdings. And Evan and I'll be right back as we really talk through the building of brands and the importance of that in a consumable consumer products business, such as cannabis. Thank you. Be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Welcome back, everyone. This is Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits. My guest today on Plant Profits is Evan Inman. He's the founder and the CEO of Sands Lane Holdings. Evan, this is it's great to hear about why you're doing it, how you're doing it. Why did you build your company this way? It's a great question. I'm not sure if I built this way more so that it, it kind of happened this way. You know, th those who know me know that I, I enjoy being involved in a lot of different things and we can call it whatever it is. It's really just an interest in what people are building and creating or creating mm -hmm. things that kind of spur new ideas. And, and the constancy of that is what created the need for a flexible structure and businesses that can, in many ways, run independently of their own creative agency, run on its own. That's what it does. It provides creative services, design services, marketing services, that that's sort of one way, you know, we could have approached it. That's all we do. 
the other side of that incubating and accelerating brands, well, it's a different mindset of owning a brand and operating a brand that it is to just advise a brand mm-hmm. and the same thing to capitalize it. So it, again, it came out of the need, but these are three, you know, at, at the core, the three divisions can all run independently, but they're right. really well together as an ecosystem supporting our clients and our brands. Yeah. So that's how they kind of came together and why we have the three divisions as we do, they, they work well together and whether or not we support brands or clients through all of the, you know, all those different areas, we don't, but when we do it, it works well. And when we only support them in one different organization, well, then they can go really deep in that one organization. We have a team that we've been developing in each of these areas and some that are still very early on for ourselves but we can give specialists in areas. And really that's important in a new and emerging category is specialization and a deep knowledge around the category and the products that you're putting out specifically. And, you know, one thing we launched more recently under our venture studio is Harmony Craft Beverages. Yeah. Talk about brands and we talk about consumers. We have a very strong belief and what we're doing in the beverage category and the reason why we launched that particular, you know, really an incubator accelerator as well, but a platform services company for all thing, no and low alcoholic beverages, as well as functional and infused beverages is because beverage has the ability as a category using ingredients like cannabis and others to really change people's minds. It's hard I agree. people totally agree. to try a product that they are willing to try. So all of our brands, and and we have brands that do this too, that are smokable or inhalable. Some consumers just may never want to touch that. And bridges give people a way to be social, to integrate a form factor of consumption that's very normal in their life. And every day part, every use case, every occasion, you can have a different version of a functional infused beverage, adaptogen, cannabis, whatever it may be, and it's a natural thing. You don't have to stop and pause and take a break from work to go outside to have a break. No, you, it's 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 great, and you, you know we agree. I agree because I I think the new consumers that are entering the category, folks that just do not want to to smoke, and doesn't find taking a bite of a an edible as a sociable event, right? And so beverage fills that need to to spend three hours with your friends and just socialize and 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 not get wasted, but enjoy yourself. And you can do that. You can do that from the beverage front. I, I it's 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 amazing that you chose beverages to make this point with in your business because. I, you know, beverage is what, 2% of consumption now, and but it is the fastest growing segment of the business. And, and it's going to continue to be the fastest growing segment of the business for the reasons you you outlined and and and, and what I just said. So I, I, I really, I really believe in that. Where are we in the beverage journey? Wow. Uh, in the cannabis beverage journey yeah. are very, very, very early on. I would say we're in the tinkering stages. We're not even in like inning one. Uh, we're trying to figure out what the game even is. You know, think about when Naismith figured out basketball. What was he doing? I don't know. Kicking a ball around and it went through a hoop. Okay, well, that's a game. Same, same kind of thing with cannabis beverage right now. Th- there's been a tremendous amount of innovation in the last couple of years when we started looking at it in late 2018 or a little bit before that. 
there were no real brands. There was no real consistency. People were just putting product in liquid because we had consumers that wanted value-based products that got people very, um, very high, if you will. And, you know, that wasn't something we were looking to do ourselves. Other brands can, can do that, but our view has always been quality ingredients. That's why we have craft in the name of Harmony Craft Beverages. It's really about around quality and experience. And so looking at what that means for most consumers, that is not a high dose, high potency experience. That is a lower dose sessionable experience, like what they're used to with other functional beverages, be it alcohol or otherwise. So it is the most difficult category to make money in, not even in cannabis in general. It is a very heavy, immovable product with very low margin. But when we talk about brand and brand building, again, this is where do things touch our lives and how do brands develop in our lives? And, and beverage gives us that ability to touch people's lives in many, many ways, whether it be at music festivals or at their dinner table or with you know friends at a gathering or really walking down the street where you don't need everyone to know your business and you can be consuming what you need to have mm -hmm. ever processed to be a little bit happier, a little bit more calm, whatever the balance is you're looking to get, it allows you to do that. And and I feel very strongly that if beverage does not become 50% of the category, it will not reach the mainstream and have mainstream appeal because it's so hard to get new consumers if yes. within beverage. I'm not fighting a gummy bear and giving you half. That's why it just doesn't work. Experience. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. But if we can cheers to a really nice beverage that reminds us of the things we like, remember nostalgia is a big part of brand building. So if, if for some reason I had this incredible moment and I cheers with a glass of champagne, but I really don't want to drink alcohol, I don't want to drink as much, what am I cheersing with? A glass of water? Well, it doesn't seem as interesting to someone, but if I have something, again, whether it's adaptogen or cannabis or otherwise, and it's formulated and the the quality of it and everything is around the same type of experience and not to mimic alcohol, but it helps. And it brings us that sense of calm and acceptance, the smell of it, the taste of it, the sound of a glass clinging. Those are all happy moments for the most part, yeah. always. Yeah. They bring back, they evoke those emotions. And so we want to give our brands and consumers that chance to have those connections. And we need that in cannabis right now. Yeah, that, I I agree. I, I I totally man, I totally agree. What 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 are your what are your thoughts on uh, the beverages that that are also uh, engaging the hemp format? Huge opportunity, really interesting part of the new uh, that we yeah. have difficult time with in this industry. So there is yeah. a, you know, we we can call it a nice term, a negative term. There's a loophole in the farm bill that allows. Yeah or hemp-based products to be available, you know, quote-unquote nationwide in most states have adopted the Farm Bill, you know, related to hemp. And it's an interesting chance. Again, the hardest thing to do right now is get safe products or safe access for consumers and then to have a variety of what those choices are to make a decision on do they want to consume cannabis or not. So it's really a nice opportunity. We're seeing this in a couple of key markets where consumers have this choice to have a low dose functional infused beverage, cannabis infused beverage, or their classic alcohol of choice, beer, wine, spirit, right next to each other. And we're seeing that they're choosing both, they're experiencing both, and they're only having better outcomes than if they had just alcohol. 
so I think it's a really interesting time. I know there's a lot of concern around, I'm not going to say um, legacy, but but investors and operators in the cannabis space who have put in hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars into regulated cannabis to very yes. see, and it's not unregulated, but a, a far less regulated hemp-based product in the market, essentially undermining everything you've just spent five to 10 years trying to build. I don't yeah. see it that way. I, I don't see it that way either, because if I focus on what you're really trying to do, you're really trying to build a value-based business, a business that creates value. Guess what creates value? Brands. So if I have Beverage X in the THC channel, okay, because look, when, when you're dealing with beverages and consumable products, you have channels of of methodologies how to get to the consumer, right? And then I have a channel of the same X, may would help say in this case, going through a different channel. Aren't I opening my brand up to more consumers? Yes. Right? And so when things change in the highly, I mean, I mean, when it's really legal, everywhere to consume THC. If I have 10,000 points of distribution on X and there, and I got 1200 in THC, and now I can have it every THC everywhere. Haven't I helped build the brand? It absolutely helps. I mean, there, there are definitely some business execution challenges with that, given the capital constrained environment, how do you split your business in two? Because to your point, yeah. different distribution channels, you have two different businesses. They could be almost the identical product, but now you have two businesses to operate and you need to fund both businesses. You need to resource and support both businesses. And so brands have to now make some decisions around where are they spending their effort? But to your point, uh-huh. consumer access is the most difficult and the most important thing right now. So if you're yeah. worried about building your brand, find the access points and and i think that's what's driving this yeah i am i understand why why there's some challenges and there's some internal conflicts in companies about this we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back and we're going to talk more about this and dig into some things that are really important to you and i think that'll that'll be that'll be uh quite interesting my guest today evan Innerman, he is the founder and ceo of sands link holdings uh, having an engaged conversation here about beverage and building brands. Looking forward to the next segment. Plant profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, welcome back, everyone. This is Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. My guest today is Evan Enneman. He's the founder and CEO of Sands Lane Holdings. Evan, you know, we just had this discussion by, by beverages. You as a brand builder, I, I, I actually love what you're doing. I love the strategy of, of incubating a brand so that you can really influence the brand owners about how to make the brand consistent and have the tenets of what a brand is. Because my biggest fear is that I can purchase something on the East Coast and and then purchase the same thing. I think it's the same thing 
on the West Coast and it tastes different or, or it is different because, you know, these businesses have to reconstruct themselves every market. And, and so there's built, the, the process creates built-in inconsistency uh, in the business. So it's a very difficult place to hang your hat, man. And I, I admire what you're doing, but are there any brands that you try to in your incubation with these brand owners, is there any model sets that you utilize? I'm not asking you to give away the, you know, secret sauce here, but is is there any? Are there other brands that are made that you believe is the format for building a cannabis brand, or even is that is that a possibility? It's an interesting question. I don't necessarily point to cannabis brands when we're building brands and and thinking through what's worked well for consumers because mostly cannabis brands haven't had access to all consumers. So, you know, right. when we develop brand, we're thinking long-term, what's the arc, how far are we going and who's done that well? So we'll generally point to an Apple or a Patagonia or a Ben and Jerry's or companies like those that we've seen this long arc of organizations that have taken or created things within a culture, meant something to a culture and then had that long arc where they they really do create an impact. So that's where we generally focus is outside of the cannabis industry. There are certainly many high quality cannabis brands. I know you had on your show not too long ago, Christy from Kiva and there too. You know, people think Kiva like, oh, it, it launched last year. No, that's 13 years in the making. That's really what brand building is in your backyard, in your garage, wherever you are. Right. So it takes time. But there's no one key you know, hey, look at this brand and replicate it. You know, that you can't do that in CPG. Again, when you're selling something and you have the capital resources to do it, you can figure out that model. It is, you know, you can gamify it. But that's, again, not the brand. The brand, it's harder. It takes more time. So there's no, here's the template we use. Yeah, structurally, there's an architecture, parts of it. A lot of similar research, depending on what we're doing, especially with beverage and category. But really, it is a unique process to develop the visual identity, the brand architecture, and what the brand stands for, the ethos. You know, when we were developing Mollus, which was the first brand from Harmony Craft Beverages, it was really around what do we want new consumers to experience? We want them to experience something of really high quality, something sessionable, something with a high quality premium base and a live resin infusion. So they understand there is a harmony between the flower and the fruit, in this case, apples and, and cannabis. Yeah. And a lot of these things come from, and really it is meant to be a very light, uplifting, sessionable, almost community-based experience where you can gather together or go out on your own and take a hike and have your mollusk with you because it's light and refreshing. So that brand is meant to be part of your everyday life. And that's unique. A lot of cannabis brands, they're not really part of your everyday life. They're part of your end of day ritual or whatever that point of day it is. And that's it. We don't want our brands to ever be that, nor do we want any brand to ever be that. We want it to be constant. We want it to be part of your life. We want it to to wear it on your shirt as a badge of honor in many ways and talk about it. That's what Mm -hmm. we want brands to ultimately be. So when we're advising a brand, whether it's a bidding or brand operator, or even a celebrity who's trying to launch a brand. Mm Mm-hmm really comes down to what what do you stand for and what are you representing and how does that come through in the brand? Mm, that's that and figure that's, that's an interesting point because one of the things I want to have a discussion with you about, are you building a brand when you're consulting inside out 
or is it outside in? It is both. So we started right out. We don't say, right, what's yeah. the need of telling us? Let's build something around that. Again, that's yeah. more of a model for a big business, if you will, right? That's all right. Let me analyze the data. Let me figure out what the opportunity is. Let me just go after it. We do that. We do it after we look internal and say, internally, what are we trying to achieve? Let's have a hypothesis and let's put that on paper and let's base it on what we believe in. And then let's test the data in the market. Does it support that hypothesis? Do we believe in something that the market is also interested in? And where is there a niche? You know, the way a lot of very successful brands start isn't to say, oh, there's there's data around this exact service or feature. Think of Airbnb. That was not in existence. It was created. So if we only worked externally, we wouldn't create a lot of the brands or businesses we have. So we have to think about, and when I say internally, it's it's our internal interest, or if it's a you know celebrity-based brand, it's who that person is and what do they represent? What's their art? What are they yeah. trying to get across? And then it's figured out. You know, when artists start, they may look for lookalikes, but really if they want to be an artist and unique, they're putting themselves out there. They don't care if there is 10 million people that already like them, 100 million people or one person. They're putting that art out so that the first person, then the second, then the millionth, then the hundred millionth, it's because they're putting themselves out there. The brand is really the same thing. So it's it's internal. What do you really? stand for? And it's external. How do we then find that audience that is aligned with, or how do we shift our presentation of the brand and market to connect with the audience we want to connect with? Got it. Got it. Totally understand. Thank you very, very much. My guest today on Plant Profits is Evan Edelman. He's founder of GL Chance Lane Holdings. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. And I want to thank you all for joining us. You can download episodes of Plant Profits by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribe to the show on all major podcast outlets, including Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, or anywhere you like to listen to us. You can find us. And you can also see at Protus Global at PROTISGlobal.com how we're building companies and changing lives. Until next time, cheers. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.